Hey everybody, it is week six. We are here, we are leak free, and we thank you for joining us on Team Leak Free. <laughs> it's been harder and harder to avoid the leaks because this particular time it was a full quality leak, you know, high, uh, high resolution, you know, it was HBO that let the episode out instead of hackers. So really the war of information surrounding our, our show here is really uh, coming to new levels. It's strange how this, these things are happening. It's strange to have this be a part of our fandom, but what are you going to do? So I appreciate all of you who have managed to avoid the leaks, as painful as that is. I know a lot of people have gotten spoiled on things in their Facebook and Twitter timelines. There's people walking up to you and being like, hey, did you see the blah, blah, blah? I'm like, no, <laughs> I didn't. Thank you for that. <laughs> I've managed to, to avoid the vast majority of it. I don't think I've been spoiled. Someone said something to me that I thought maybe was a joke. And I'm waiting to see if it was a joke or not. Obviously, I'm not going to say what it was. <laughs> I'm going to be like, okay, I did see that. I did know that was coming. So we'll see. How about you? Have you managed to avoid most things? Uh, if I've seen something that was a spoiler, I didn't realize it. I can imagine maybe someone was dishonestly posting up, ooh, I have an idea, and they knew because they saw. But I, it's not clear to me that the closest direct thing that anyone has said to me was that so far nothing has happened this season till now. That's, that's, <laughs> that's right, yeah. We had one, that's, that's a, that was a good non-spoilery spoilery comment. Yeah. <laughs> So, the episode title is Beyond the Wall, which is one of the least descriptive titles ever. It's like, yeah, of course it's Beyond the Wall. I thought this episode <laughs> was going to be south of Dorne. That's what I thought that where they were going. But well, I if guess... you go far enough south of Dorne, you get yeah, Beyond the Wall. Around, yeah. I guess. No, actually, you heard it here first. West, the, 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 the world that Westeros is set in, Planetos, Taros, whatever you want to call it, is actually a triangle and not a sphere. So... You heard it here first. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, I see someone commenting on my shirt. This is Valyrian Wildfire. Yes, Valyrian Energy Wildfire. That's right. Not uh, not Monster. And Sean's got his Nerf Herder action going. Scruffy looking. Scruffy looking, yeah. And you're, you're looking a little scruffy. We, we both are. We're, we're, that's that's the life of uh, beard havers, being <laughs> scruffy. And thanks, of course, to Ashea for running production. We had a false start that was out of her control, and she is keeping it all together. She's the glue that makes all this possible. We really appreciate that, and I know you guys too as well. Y'all are very aware of that. So, the trailers is what we're focused on, and not just these trailers, but the preseason trailers, which is always, as as we've been going through the season, we've been keeping that trailer inventory, and because of that, we can tell that very little of Episode 7 has been revealed, and a lot of Episode 6 is just revealed kind of similar scenes, like lots of just shots of them running around in the north, of them looking at like, oh, what's happening, and the fighting zombies and whites and all that, so it's really not very revealing as far as, you know, who's going to live and what else is going to happen in other scenes, because the other trailer shots we get are some stuff in the north, and there is some revealing stuff from the north, we're going to get to that, and then there's some stuff from Dragonstone, but it's not terribly revealing. It looks like just a bunch of conversations, maybe. And that's it. We don't get Jamie Cersei Kyburn. We don't get Sam Gilly. We don't get Euron Yara. We don't get Theon. We don't get the Unsullied. We don't get Masande. Now, we might get some of them. I'm just saying they're not in the trailer. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of those episodes where it's highly focused on just a one major location and then a couple of scenes from elsewhere. Is that kind of how you read it? I, I think so. But here here's some breakdowns. Here's some thoughts that I've had on it. One is... That in past episodes, there have been a few episodes that were all featured in one location slash storyline, you know? Yeah. And so, like, Blackwater Bay, 
you still kind of bouncing around within, you know, there, even that, even though it was all that one battle, there were still a lot of different characters and spots within the castle, you know, um, which that seems less likely north of the wall. You know what I mean? They're probably all going to be pretty much together in pretty much the same place. There have been other episodes where they maybe bounced back and forth between a couple locations and then ended up at one and stayed the rest of the time there, like the Red Wedding episode. The thing is that, let's say that we get 10-ish minutes at Dragonstone with Danny and that set of characters. And then we get 10-ish minutes at Winterfell with Sansa and Arya, that set of characters. And then we get 40 minutes all north of the wall. Which, by the way, if you think about that, 40 minutes north of the wall, that's easy to do. You know, like, if we get three, maybe not easy, but I could see three minutes each of the seven characters in fighting and battle kind of sequences. That's yeah, 20-ish minutes, absolutely. you know? Yeah, yeah. And then if they match that with dialogue, which would be awesome, you know, that's would be 40 total episodes. So that's an hour altogether. Yeah, that's still... Yeah. Huh? 40 total episodes, you said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I wish you were right. Yes, yeah. 40 episodes. It's <laughs> 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 a super episode. Uh, but that still leaves 20 more minutes in this episode. Yeah. So I don't know if there'll be a whole other set of characters they are just not revealing to us if there will be a prison break with... Bron and Tyene going over the wall to escape <laughs> King's Landing, you know? Or if it'll be a bunch of Bran visions, you know? Yeah, if we're already really in Winterfell, a connection to the Night's King anyway. Please give us Bran visions. That would be really great, yeah. I, I Part of me feels like it will mostly just center in the North, but I feel like they could spend a whole episode doing that and still have 20 more minutes to give us something else. Right on. So... We are doing our GRM box drawings. We normally try to keep the announcements light during the predictions and theories episode, but we do have a few things that are extremely time sensitive and we can't wait to talk about them. So again, the GRM box, we have that drawing. Send your email to Westeros History Giveaway at gmail.com to be entered. That's all you have to do to be entered. We will be drawing two more names next Saturday. This week, the winner is Gabriel Lee from Australia. We will be covering the freight to get that box out there because the uh, Reed Pop who makes the boxes doesn't want to ship them overseas for understandable reasons because it's expensive. But we wanted to make sure at least one person got a box overseas. And Gabriel Lee, that's going to be you. Also, the Kialo tournament, really big deal. That is $10,000 first place. If you can create a structured debate using their format, go there, K-I-A-L-O. Kealo to read about it and learn the rules, but it's closing on Monday. $10,000 first place, though. Get in there, get that action, represent, win some money. Um, some of us are going to be judging that, and we hope to see your entries in there. Okay. Also, from AU Pack Mule, hey there, buddy. Can I get a happy birthday shout-out from my friend Don the Kraken? Absolutely you can. Don the Kraken is a buddy of ours as well. Got to see him just the other day. Sean and I got to jump in on a live stream on Raw Risk Channel where Don was participating. A nice six-hour stream that we were a part of the mm -hmm. end of. That was fun. So also shout-out to Raw Risk. But yeah, happy birthday, buddy. Don the Kraken Wit. One of my council members, Rita, it's her birthday too. Right on. We have a super chat from Christopher King wanting to know if Cersei is really pregnant. I think so, yeah. Well, it was all but verified. There was a line as Jamie's walking in on Cersei and Kyburn that you could barely hear in the background, but he he says to her, I could give you something, and she says that won't be necessary. And then she tells Jamie she's pregnant. And I think that's I think they put that in there to let us know she's deciding to not have an abortion. Right on, right on. I I totally agree with that interpretation. So I think she is really pregnant. It doesn't mean though that it'll come to term. She could have a miscarriage. She could have stillbirth. That would be, you know, a way to add drama. We speculated a lot on this yeah. in the last episode. Uh, the potential of it being Kyburn's baby and not Jamie's in the first place. The potential of her dying in childbirth. And the you mean Euron's baby? I guess it could be Kyburn's baby. Did I say Kyburn? <laughs> oh, it was 
Chris Kyburns, baby. <laughs> New theory. Hey, that's... No, nah, no, nah, it's not really very likely at all. <laughs> that would be quite a kick. He comes out, you know, looking with that with the black robe on. He's wearing a maester's chain as he comes out. <laughs> if it's your arms, baby, he'll come out with tentacles for arms. Oh, and... yeah, yes. That, that, would, that would fit in with the theme of, you know, really strangely deformed baby. Like Daenerys has a dragon lizard baby. You know, why not have a Cthulhu child? Why not? Yeah, it fits. We also have a super chat from Ashley Bailey, which was delivered ahead of time. Thank you for that. That was sitting here waiting for us when the stream started. The question is, do you think John and Danny are going to get married to avoid John having to bend the knee? Yeah, I think that's a way around that for sure. I think he technically doesn't have to bend the knee if he marries her. Especially, it depends on how the marriage is structured. You know, usually if a, usually when a monarch marries someone else, you know, it's, it's the monarch keeps the title and the other person is the, either the king dowager or the queen dowager. And that means they're the, the one who married in rather than the one who inherited the title. In this case, they would both have titles. So it'd be kind of awkward. But da Daenerys presumably is, would be selling herself as the, the one with the real claim to the throne, which, you know, in the story, that appear, that's the, sort of true. But of course, we know that John is now legit. Okay, so of course it's not just the trailer shots that we pay attention to, it's what's being said. And in this trailer, of course, there's Beric's speech about battling death, which is great. But for the moment, I want to focus more on Arya. We're going to start at the north. And Arya says, are you scared? And she, probably she's talking to Sansa. You know, it could be somebody else. It could be a trick. It could be an editing trick. But she's probably talking to Sansa. But it isn't... She's not saying it like... In a threatening way. She's genuinely curious, like worried yeah. about someone, whether or not they're scared, you know. And that leads us to take a look at some screenshots here. Here's one Shea is going to pull up where Arya is... There's two different images here that are related. One, I want to get a close-up of her face so you can see that her eyes are a little shiny. It's almost like she might be a little tearful. And when we back up from the shot, you can see that she's dressed a little differently. And she doesn't have her weapons, which is a little unusual. Some of these other shots, we didn't pull all of them, but Sansa and Brienne, and there's like a somber mood in a lot of these shots. It's, I feel like maybe they've gotten word that John has gone north and they're worried about it, but that doesn't really explain why Arya would be tearful or why she'd be standing there weaponless. Because Arya's not going to be like, Arya's stubborn. I don't think she's just going to be worried that John's dead. So I think something else happened, like someone else died or someone was killed. And then we talked about Arya maybe killing someone on her own because she was threatening those lords to sense maybe she, but if she's crying then why you know what's the deal I'm, maybe it's, it's out of confusing. guilt maybe she feels bad maybe she realized that she did something wrong or bad she acted too quick made an assumption little finger fooled her you know yeah so I, I, i'm not quite sure where that's going and maybe Arya's faking it maybe uh, maybe Arya killed someone and then is pretending but yeah. that that would be a very tricky now interestingly none of these shots in the trailer have little finger in them we see Brienne, we see Arya, we see Sansa, and that's about it. I mean, there's I think there's some other random northerners in the shots as well. But we don't see Glover, we don't see Royce, and we don't see Littlefinger. So, And those are the only other real characters that are around. We haven't seen... I mean, Lyanna Mormont might be around, but we haven't seen her in a few episodes either. And there's a few other northern lords, like Wyman Manderley was in there at the end of last season. But as far as the characters that we've seen around the north this season, if one of them dies, if that's related to this then, you know, we might have had it backwards. You know, we, we all this time we were like, Littlefinger will die and Royce will take over. Well, Royce was the one that 
one of the two that stood up to Sansa and was like, hey, I'm here for you. So if Arya's going to make some move, or if someone's going to make some move, we might have had it backwards. No, I mean, there's, there's very few candidates here for who could die at Winterfell unless they just, you know, bring someone new into the fold. A thought just came to my mind. It might not be something that happens. It might be something that's going to happen. What if Bran has a vision and tells him? Oh. Tell him in trouble. Okay. I didn't think of that. Yeah, yeah, that could be it. Bran, yeah, you're right to bring Bran into the mix here because his... I mean, and of course, the problem of bringing Brandon into the mix is... Yeah, who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> the range Where of possibilities with that? Yeah. is gigantic, especially if you're bringing flashbacks into the mix, too. But it also, it, you know, it's it's not too crazy. It's it's definitely in a relatively narrow range for him to give a warning of John being in danger. Right? Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. We also have, of course, the letter. That's still got to be part of this. And it doesn't, that's the thing about this, is none of this looks like confrontation. These shots that we're getting from the trailers, none of this looks like confrontation over that whole letter situation. It looks like maybe what we're seeing, these trailer shots, is the second half of that. Like, after that's already blown over, or maybe it's still in progress, or... I, I'm really having trouble figuring this out. They're think, doing a good job then, I think. Yeah, 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 that's a good point, yeah. Which is funny because they also did a very bad job <laughs> in HBO Spain letting this episode out. A little less effort into tricking us with the, the trailer and a little more effort into securing the episode. Yeah, know? seriously, yeah. <laughs> I, I see a lot of people calling it home botch office, you know, which is... Uh, too bad for them because they do such a great job making the shows, and, you know. But it's it's they've owned that teasing. I think <laughs> it's it's gentle ribbing. We're not we're not hating on them much. <laughs> <laughs> so they definitely are playing coy with us, and that seems to be a, a typical thing for them to do with these end of season things. They give us like battle shots, action shots, but they conceal a lot of the main reveals. And it's I'm realizing with the lack of some of these other characters being shot at, at the trailers in Winterfell that it's clearly what's happening. We're missing a lot of stuff. So I really don't know. We have a question from Mike the Knight. What do you think Arya is going to do about Sansa's letter to Rob? Ah, it's really hard. I think they're going to get over it. I think they will, one way or the other, Sansa's going to figure it out because we have, you know, the Lion Game. We brought that up before, the Lion Game issue. And here, let's pull up this other image of Sansa. This is another one. This kind of backs up what the same kind of thing that, that's being shown with Arya. O'Shea is going to pull up Sansa being a little tearful as well. So something that they both are tearful about. So if that adds any fodder for guessing, you know. I'm going to say that my first instinct was similar to yours, that Littlefinger will stir the pot, they'll have a confrontation, but then they'll realize the truth of it and move past it. But I'm more suspicious of that now. I, I think that... I don't think they would stir this up just for like two episodes. I think that a deeper rift might be created or, or a bigger problem might be created. I think that Arya might do something she shouldn't do or some rift between Sansa and Arya might be created that damages the relationship between Sansa and Jon or Arya and Jon or, you know, ends up forcing Bran to have to physically stop Arya from doing something, and that might cause a rift between Arya and Sansa. I'm not sure, but I, I have a feeling that this isn't just going to come and go in two episodes, especially given how long-term a lot of Littlefinger's plots are. Even if they did come to terms over this, I still suspect there will be more to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's really difficult to figure out how Sansa's letter plays into, you know, the rest of this. Like, maybe... That leads someone to make a mistake or leads Arya to take action on her own or it leads to, I just don't know. Like you said, Bran getting into the mix just opens it wide open too and that's just really confusing. 
And anyway, I guess we are just kind of lost a, li- a lot on this. So what are you going to do? You know, back, just another thought just doing in my mind. There's a scene of Arya looking under a bed. Yeah. And there's a scene of Arya without her sword. Yeah. What if it was taken? What if someone went in her room? Well, no, we already saw the shot of her looking under the bed. Oh, that, ha- oh, that was when she was snooping around Little Finger's room. Yeah. Yeah. And she bad. wasn't just missing her sword, just missing her dagger as well. Yeah. yeah. But I don't, yeah, I don't think, I don't think anyone stole it. I think that's just a funeral or an engagement or some sort of event where it would be appropriate to be armed, which is unusual because they're pretty much armed for everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, and I also think if someone stole her weapons, she would just get new ones. It's not like it's hard for her to go to the armory yeah. and get. Well, new well I'm I'm wondering if maybe they were seized from her, like okay. like Sansa told Brienne, go take Arya's weapons. Huh. Okay. I'm worried what she's gonna do. Something like that. I don't know if that's likely, but I'm just trying to piece together what we have. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Okay, so let's move on. It's um, difficult to figure out what's happening in the north. There, they're doing a good job of keeping it hidden and sneaky. So. What are we going to do? Let's go to Tyrion and Danny all over Dragonstone. They're, the reason I'm calling it that is because there's shots of them in a bunch of different places. You know, walking around Dragonstone. And different so, outfits. Different outfits, right. That's yeah. really important because it means that we're getting multiple scenes. Here's a really big one, though. This is the one that's probably the most important. Shay is going to pull up Tyrion and Danny. This is a still thanks to... Uh, far, far, far away. Dot, uh, site. Dot com. It's put, posting a lot of stills, and also thanks to Watchers on the Wall for also for stills. Very helpful for us on these predictions and theories episodes. So Shay is pulling up this ish- image of Tyrion and Danny with the dragons here. This is really cool. It really looks like uh, Viserion and Drogon there, and I don't know. Maybe this is the moment for Tyrion. I mean, we've been waiting. I I called at the beginning of the season. This is you know not. I don't think it was a major prediction. We've all, we've all had this suspicion for a long time that Tyrion was going to ride a dragon, and maybe it's going to happen this episode. If not, I would really be surprised if it isn't in episode seven. If it is, if it isn't here in episode six, so I've been I, I was saying at the end of the season, I always thought I thought that Wall would come down, Tyrion would ride a dragon in the final episode. But as we know, a lot of times episode nine is the real climax, and episode ten is the kind of carryover and, and aftermath. Well, of course, this is episode six and seven we're talking so about. So we're getting no pattern. climax and no carryover this season. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what I'm saying is episode six is the equivalent of the uh, yeah, other episode yeah. nines, even though it's uh, not as long as the finale, but it's clearly going to have a lot of action in it. And I think I mentioned that, as usual, we're going we're gonna to do our trailer inventory, but I'm, I'm holding most of that to the end because I want to review what we still have left. We got a super chat from Perry here. Thanks, Perry from Mexico. What room is Arya in? She is in some room in Winterfell. Maybe it is her room, and she is not armed. Okay, maybe she's standing in her own room. Maybe just looking out the window or reflecting on what happened. If that's the case, then her tears would be real. Because, I mean, assuming she's alone, you know, yeah. someone could be in the room with her. But the other the other clue about that, you know, this is something I, I meant to mention earlier, is one of the things waiting for us still that we haven't heard that was revealed in one of the very early trailers is Sansa saying... The lone wolf dies, the pack survives, or when the snow falls and the white, you know, the winds blow. So that, we, that has always been, that line has been hovering over us kind of as a reason to believe Sansa and Arya will work it out. Because that feels like something the Starks would say to each other to remind themselves of who they are and to remind themselves of their connection, because that's a Ned line, you know. I wonder if the tears could be a reflection over Nymeria. Okay. 
Ghost is still at Winterfell somewhere, and maybe yeah. that'll bring up the memory to Arya if we get a ghost appearance. That'd be cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I wonder if we'll get it. Yeah, it would be really nice to have a scene with Ghost, even just just, just a minute to remind us that yeah. Ghost exists. Instead of, we did get one line of dialogue. A line, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we always like that one line of dialogue. But now we want a little more. Now we want a vision. Now we want to see it. <laughs> that is something. Okay, here we have a question from Mary R.H., what is it with show Tyrion and his doomed slash problematic slash generally bad ideas? I cannot figure out if it is deliberate choice or just a product of the writing slash compression of plot lines. If the White Hunt goes badly, which of course it will, in visually spectacular way, I wonder if Danny will hold him accountable, or will there be any discussion about his role contributing to Snowpocalypse? Will we get that far in this episode? Well, I don't know if we'll get that far in this episode, but I, I've certainly have been very unequivocal about this being a bad plan. Not not even the white grabbing part, which I think is weird. I, I think it also is kind of dumb, but it's more weird than dumb to me. But the trusting Cersei part is the dumb part. Like, yeah. that's where he really should know better, and I don't understand why he is blind right now to that. Maybe because I, he just overly like, trusts Jane. Yeah, I've tried to point out that aside from trusting Cersei, they may still get value. Other people beyond Cersei might become convinced if they could get this proof, if you will. And it's also worth noting that a two-part thing, just talking about Tyrion's ideas here. One, it's not like Tyrion came up with this, insisted, everyone disagreed, and he pushed for it anyway. He came up with this, and everyone else was like, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> you know, there's a whole room of people who were both had their own ideas and or were involved with this plan actively to risk themselves in it. And they all said, yeah, let's do it. And so I, I, it'd be hard to blame to blame Tyrion, not that Danny wouldn't blame Tyrion, but it'd be hard to. Mm. And some of his other plans, I think, were good. There just happened to be something about it that went wrong, or someone had a better plan. You know, it's hard to give Jamie credit for planning well if Tyrion's plan was bad in the first place. Does that mm. make sense? And I don't think many people off the bat predicted what the problem with Tyrion's plan was going to be. You know, I think that it was a decent plan, and that he just got outmaneuvered by another person with a decent plan. So. We got a couple super chats here from Jay Hazel Bardo. Sorry if that's said wrong. Um, the, since the Baratheons have some Targaryen blood because of a great great grandmother, doesn't this make Gendry related to both Danny and John cousins? Do you think they come to realize that in the show? That is technically correct. The best kind of correct. <laughs> Futurama joke there. Hopefully y'all got that. <laughs> yeah, he does have a drop of Targaryen blood. It's a very small amount. So did Robert. So did Stannis. So did Renly. And it probably won't be brought up. It might be, but mm, I have a feeling it's not going to matter. But it, it is It is kind of relevant uh, because it certainly comes up in the books in some way. Certain other distant relatives of the Targaryens get involved with dragons one way or another to with it maybe going well or maybe not without spoiling any book stuff. That is absolutely a thing in the books, which is partly why some people wonder about it in the show. I don't really think so. I mean, they've been really, they, they hardly even touched on who are going to be the next writers, let alone these distant dragon relationships. Yeah. So I just don't think they have time for that. I don't think that they have talked about that distant relationship, blood relationship in the show at all. Very, very, and, maybe very offhand, just to talk about yeah. why, partly why Robert was ahead of the crowd when they needed, you know, who was going to be king next. His heritage helped push him above over the top, in addition to him being a charismatic leader. But I think you're right. I think it's been either not touched on at all on the show or only touched on in the extended like material. One line five seasons ago or yeah. something, yeah. It's certainly in the extended material, like the okay. know, theory, histories and lore and the, you know, off-screen stuff. But yeah, I don't remember if it's specifically mentioned in the, during one of the seasons. I, I doubt that it will be a significant issue in the plots yeah. un unraveling. We also have a super chat from Nancy Groth. Thank you, Nancy. 
The shot of Tyrion and Danny and the dragons. It looks like Danny is wearing a wedding dress, and Tyrion is escorting her as hand of her house. That is that's pretty interesting. Um, but we have seen Tyrion and we have seen her in white before. We we did see her in white when she got married, but we've seen her in white without getting married. However, that isn't an interesting interpretation, especially because of the way those dragons are kind of like arrayed in front of her. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was a little. It looked a little bit ceremonial, ceremonial. vaguely, yeah. especially now that you mention it. I didn't really catch that, but now that you mention it, I got to agree. But what what could it? Who you know what I mean? Like I I don't know what the uh... yeah. I mean, I guess John it would have to be John. So they're gonna have this whole thing in the north with John and have him come back and get married. It's all a long up. episode. I mean, I guess it could happen. <laughs> I, I feel like she has worn white many times, but not recently. Hmm. And I do remember someone pointing out, and I think it's a legit thing to point out since the show seems to pay so much attention to detail and they're you know recognizing there is meaning behind the colors and sigils and you know words that people speak. You know that. Um, Danny had shifted from wearing red trim. She's mostly been in black and gray recently, but with a red, you know, Targaryen color cape. But in the, I think it was the last episode, maybe two ago, but she had a more pale grayish, maybe bluish tint, you know, that people were suspecting maybe it's indicative of her warming to John, you know, being closer to this how Stark feel than this fiery Targaryen feel, you know? Right and maybe that's more of this here. Maybe it's not necessarily a wedding ceremony. Maybe that's a job. Maybe it is, I guess. But maybe it's just more symbolic of her moving closer to the white of the North and of the Starks. You know? That would be interesting, yeah. Um, maybe she marries Ghost instead of John. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice day for a white wedding. Both in white there. <laughs> Another super chat. We a have... white wedding? Oh. oh maybe hey she's marrying the Night King. Well, if she marries John, it's already sort of a Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, we've got a flood of super chats. Thank you all very much for that. That's um, a, a, a nice respite from people dropping spoilers into the chat box. Amanda Mitchell says, maybe Bran dies this episode. Makes sense to why he would give Arya the Valyrian blade and why they're both teary-eyed. Wow. Yeah. That would be something. That is the one character that's with them. That I think they would both be really broken up about, genuinely, because we're talking about maybe Arya's faking. I mean, that's kind of a long shot, but it's we, it's obviously possible that Arya's faking, especially if she's responsible. But I feel like that's not as likely as someone they care about, you know, because given that we see other people looking really somber. Because Sansa's not going to be faking, and Sa I don't know if Sansa would be broken up over Glover or Royce dying. She certainly isn't going to be broken up over Littlefinger dying. So the I, and and Bran is the only one there that they're really close to because everyone they used to know from Winterfell is gone. I mean, Podrick, Brienne, you know, Brienne was one of the people standing there looking somber. So it's not her either. All right, my brain's really stirring on this. Okay, <laughs> but and and I, I see some ways that make sense. But how? What would cause him to die? Let me tell you what I think might yeah. be a little more likely. What if he slips back into a coma? What if he's in a psychic battle? I've predicted since before the season he gets in a psychic battle with the Night King and gets stuck there somehow. And his body's still laying on a bed with his eyes rolled back or whatever. And Arya's, that's why she's teary-eyed with no sword, laying over his bed as he seems to not be huh. conscious anymore. And then we see the Night King has him restrained or trapped in a crow or something, you know? That's that's really something. Yeah, so I, I hope not. Wow, I really don't want Bran to die. But that is, I gotta say, that's a pretty good theory. All right, uh, super chat from Dornish Dan. Is it conjecture or established, book or show, that the children of the forest caused ecological disaster, as in the long seasons, the flooding of the neck, and all that? If established, why trust their judgment? Well, I mean, I guess it's possible they're playing a long con, but it's very clear that 
the the children have been working against the White Walkers. You know, they they gave Dragonglass to man. They gave other you know technology, and they fought the Walkers in you know season six. We saw them help. She throw they're throwing their grenades and all that. Yeah. So it's clear that whatever connection they had before is no longer you know they're no longer allies. But it's also possible that the children, in fact, likely the children aren't you know multi aren't. Uh, Monolithic. Some of the children maybe are responsible for creating them, and other children weren't weren't down with that. They were like, "No, this is going too far." Also, to answer the first part of that question, though, it is conjecture in the in book and show that the children caused those ecological disasters, and that the long seasons is potentially related to that. The thing is, this is a superstitious world, and they people aren't going to attribute natural disasters to natural disasters. They're going to attribute it to big magic. So when the neck was flooded, we're told the children did that. But it might have just been ecologic, a real ecological disaster that people are blaming on the children. Like when the arm of Dorn broke, that could have just been a tsunami, an earthquake. But it might have been a magically caused, you know, so it's really... It's not know. just a superstitious world. There really are dragons and resurrections, you know. It's not yeah. just superstitious. So <laughs> that doesn't mean that there can't also be a plain old natural disaster. But it's not... It's totally unreasonable for people to attribute it in this world, especially to the gods. Um, and a couple of the thoughts on this really stir me up quite a bit. Like you said, that it may have been all the children of the forest might not have been perfectly united in what they wanted to do. I've wondered the same thing about the White Walkers. What if there's a split in factions there? Yeah. And we haven't uh, seen them apart, but you never know, right? Yeah. And we're just kind of, we still haven't learned that much about them. And even if not, maybe at this moment, there's not a split. Maybe there has been at some point in the past, you know, and, mm-hmm. and maybe there will be at some point in the future. And I also wondered, uh, you know, seeing the Magnificent Seven in dire straits here maybe how they get out of it is the children of the forest i don't know if there could be any left and how much effect they could have and rescue them rescuing them from this scene but uh it adds to my wondering if uh you know that group we saw up there assisting bran and crew maybe there's different groups that are working against bran and crew or who might if they knew or were aware uh there's so much we don't know about them. It's very mysterious, uh, both the Children of the Forest and the White Walkers. And I kind of wonder what Dornish Dan means. He says, why trust their judgment? What judgment of the forest? Children judgment of the forest. Of the forest. <laughs> what judgment of the children of the forest are we judging? Is there some statement they've made that we're going along with that isn't hmm. maybe we shouldn't trust? Or just the idea in general that they're on the side of the Three-Eyed Raven and maybe the Three-Eyed Raven isn't good? Is that I'm not, I'm yeah. not quite sure what he's asking there, but it yeah. does we're up a bunch of new thoughts and questions. In my yeah, mind. Dan, if you want to clarify what judgment in particular you think shouldn't be trusted, we'll, we'll be happy to continue with the question. But yeah, that's a good, that's a good point, Sean. I'm not sure if he has a specific thing in mind or whether it's just a generic, yeah, what are Assumption they up to? Assumption of them is good. <laughs> yeah. What are they up to? What are those shifty children up to? I'm not even clear that there still are any left in show canon. They kind of, they kind of behaved almost as if that was it, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of hard to believe that all of them are dead, but, uh, you know, maybe they're just done from a show perspective. <laughs> yeah. Also, a super chat from AU Pack Mule. I don't see a question attached, but I, I assume maybe that was related to our birthday wish for Don the Kraken. So I'll repeat that. Don the Kraken, happy birthday, buddy. Thanks a lot for that. If you do have a question, AU Pack Mule, just let us know and we'll get to that later. So, yeah, not a lot to say as far as reveals from the trailers at. At Dragonstone, there's a shot of them sitting in front of the fire. There's a shot of them kind of gazing out over the water, you know, near the painted table. There's the shot with the dragons. So, unless that is a ceremony, which is which yeah. I think is a good, pretty good guess. Yeah. 
that um, there may not be much else to know because a lot of it will be just con conversations and who knows what they're talking about. Maybe they talk about heritage. Maybe they talk about background. Maybe they talk about plans. Maybe they talk about, you know, stuff from their past. There's a lot of potential cool stuff being revealed. But I do hope that, like you said, I hope we get some brand flashbacks, especially if he, if, if this guess is right, that he, like, dies or slips back into his coma or something like that. We... He needs to give us flashbacks before that. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe to... that's where it's full of that. Maybe if he's stuck in a coma, Man. it's full of flashbacks. Man, if Bran is done, then he can't tell John. Yeah. The deal. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> and if Sam didn't bring that book. <laughs> Jeez, man. They just, oh, it's so close. And they won't even get to meet. John will not be able to see them before. That's that's very sad. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's move to Beyond the Wall. Yep. Oh, you got something else to say? Well, yeah, just that the, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to get to them, but there are a couple spoilery type, a couple things from the trailers that might be a little revealing, one of which I think you're about to hit on here with the Arrowhead Mountain. Okay, cool. Yes, definitely. We've got 450 watching live. Now, thank you very much, people, for joining us, because it's this is more... I want to thank you all extra for showing up today, because I know you all of you are braving leaks just by being here, being in this chat, being on the internet right now. You are risking being spoiled. We're all being, we're all risking that. So thank you all for braving that risk and joining us at the risk of plot spoilers coming to hang out. That says a lot about the community. That says a lot about how much y'all enjoy getting together, which is totally the same wavelength that we're on. We love talking about the show. We love just geeking out and having conversations about all this. So thank you for being here despite the risks. Yeah, the leaks are just really, it's really something. I'm really, it's really frustrating and really annoying and, but, you know, we gotta, we gotta push onward. There's nothing we can do about it. So, with something we touched on briefly early on in this episode is that it looks like this, this, this group of seven is gonna do a bit of walking before the action begins. There's yeah. a lot of varied shots in the north that you can see different mountains, different, you know, snowy vistas that, and they're just walking, you know, and and the difference in weather conditions too. There's for a while it's kind of bright and open, and it's not too snowy. And then later there's some shots where it's just like intense snow, which probably near the others, the White Walkers are probably near. But let's start with this one. This is because uh, this one's been built up to, and it's got this. Uh, Shay is pulling up the mountain now. This took me a few times to catch, even though it's really obvious once you think about it. Wait, it, when you say the mountain. <laughs> you mean uh, this is a real mountain, this not geographical a geographical yeah, a structure, a, a large rock structure made by nature, <laughs> <laughs> not a undead uh, giant resurrected by Kyburn. <laughs> <laughs> Two very different types of mountains, and in the trailer you see the hound kind of stop and gaze up, and then you see this mountain, and if you look at it, you realize. It's a mountain shaped like an arrowhead, and that's why he's like, oh, this is this is what I saw in my vision. And so again, here's what he said when he looked into the fire. Ice. A wall of ice. It's a wall. It's where the wall meets the sea. There's a castle there. There's a mountain. Looks like an arrowhead. The dead are marching past. Thousands of them. So here we go. This is that arrow. So that's got to freak him out a little bit. He sees that mountain. I mean, the hound's pretty brave mountains not on fire so he's probably not too worried but it's got to give him a send a chill down his spine and i don't mean a chill of cold because it's already damn cold up there and he's not wearing his hood <laughs> but i mean a chill of fear so yeah <laughs> that's that um so i'm that's that's pretty cool definitely exciting but there's also a lot of action shots i was gonna ask is that mountain like a 
a landmark? Is it referenced anywhere at any point? Not that I know of. I don't think that mountain is referenced in book canon anywhere. It might be a reference to the mountain that blew its top in uh, like 600 years before the start of the books, which is kind of like some people think it was a like a mini doom, you know, because the Doom of Lear was 14 volcanoes going off at once. And the story is told in the book that there's this mountain that blew out near Hardhome. That destroyed Hardhome. That's why Hardhome is was was no longer a thing. In the in the books, Hardhome is sort of abandoned. In the show, it's still kind of a semi-bustling town, the only real town north of the wall. But in book canon, it was the, this this eruption slash explosion slash mysterious event was could be seen from the wall, and it's been said that there was like smog from it for like six months or or more. Hmm. So it was kind of like a mini doom, like a miniature long night type of thing. And Hardhome was just destroyed by it. And so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the White Walkers doing that. A smog they like that. With fire. A smog like that for six months, that would, like, ruin all the crops in the north. For, oh, wait. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That snow wouldn't see any sunlight. Oh, right. <laughs> so that is, uh, so that's pretty telling. And, but I don't know that. That relates at all. You know, this mountain clearly doesn't have its top blown off. I don't suppose that'll have. That would be something if while they're up there fighting, all of a sudden the mountain <laughs> explodes. You're like, whoa, that was unexpected. So let's start looking at a few of these action shots because they're kind of revealing. Ashay is first going to pull off this standing in a circle one. This is the guys all we've, we've been seeing the different angles of this, different versions of this kind of thing since the preseason trailers. It is kind of a hint that either that Night King slash the walkers are nearby. It is, whoa, <laughs> just uh, maybe either just an, maybe just an intense storm, but I think it's evidence that the walkers are nearby because it really get that, had that feel of what Rand was seeing when they were on the march and you mm-hmm. could see the, the storm coming towards you when, you know, it was like they're all contained in this, like, their own cloud. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of feels like these guys are in that cloud. Is that kind of what you see there too? Yeah. It could just be a regular storm, but if they're in a circle... <laughs> what are they they're, in a circle they're for? They're defending. Something's yeah. coming at them. Right. Here's another shot of Shay is going to pull up. This one scares me. Sandor. What is Sandor doing with a hammer here? Yeah. That looks like Gendry's hammer. Uh-oh. This was the, what I thought was maybe the, the biggest reveal of the trailers is yeah. Sandor with that hammer is an indication that Gendry doesn't have the hammer. So Now the puzzling thing is here, even if this means Gendry is dead, why is Sandor using his hammer? He was using a sword earlier. Like, there's all these shots of Sandor using a sword. Like, that doesn't even necessarily explain it. He's like, ah, oh, you know, this hammer's better for dealing with the undead. Maybe that's the case. So he just decided to grab the hammer. But there's a small chance that hammer came from elsewhere, you know, because there are these other wildlings in the party. Although wilding with a warhammer seems kind of unlikely. Uh, that's not the usual, that's not the usual kind of weapon a wilding would have. However, Tormund is, is wielding this big ol' axe. So they, they've armed themselves from the arsenal of the Night's Watch. So it doesn't have to, a wilding weapon that, I, I, you know, I think if we think that through, a wilding with a warhammer is totally fine, given that. But that might be wishful thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Still, I would be puzzled why Sandor would pick the hammer up, even if Gendry is taken out. So I'm not sure. Maybe um, at some point he becomes disarmed somehow, you know, but... Uh, yeah. It'd be like one of those action shots where it's like, Sandor! And he tosses the hammer to him and he grabs it and smashes the guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could be just a thing they did to, to fool us in the, in the editing. I don't know. But I hope it doesn't mean what it looks like it means, which is yeah. that Gendry's in trouble. One thing I pretty much fully expect at some point here, 
someone's going to sacrifice themselves for the team. You know, someone's going to, you go ahead, I'll stay here, but you can't just go. And they're going to hack a bunch of people down, knowing that they're going to die while everyone gets away. And maybe, maybe that's Sandor. But again, why does he have the hammer? Maybe it's Sandor and Gendry together. And, you know, the two of them while everyone else escapes. Although we have many other people higher on our worry list. But maybe they're already dead at this point, and only John escapes, you know. There's a lot of ways I could play it out, but I do agree it's it's odd. It's not like it's impossible. We can come up with a bunch of ways for him to get the hammer, but it's something to ponder. And it's, it's definitely something to make us extra worried about Gendry. Now, there were... We've been seeing all season long, from the beginning of the trailers, from the preseason trailers, these action shots that appear to be very much related to this trek beyond the north. But they're clearly hiding a lot from us. Let us take a look back without bringing these images up just to kind of remind ourselves what we're still going to see. We've got John fighting a White Walker. That's been in the, that was in this trailer as well as in the preseason trailer. So that's happening. Not Night King, just a, another White Walker. We see the dead rushing through this narrow pass. We also see a shot of that narrow pass as the men are running through it. So it's clear that the group makes it through this little narrow pass, and the dead are following. And in the distance, you can see this little rock face that they're running towards. And in the preseason trailer, you see the the group standing on top of this rock face, and eventually they get surrounded. Beric's got his flaming sword, John is looking in another direction from him, and it looks grim. It looks like the dead have completely surrounded them. So, it seems like something's going to come rescue them, Benjen is obviously on the table. Benjen's got to appear at some point. He's beyond the wall. He said he'd come help. He said he'd help as long as he could. And if this episode really does end with them having gotten back over the other side of the wall, Benjen's certainly, uh, you know, a candidate to to die, right? <laughs> and to, uh, well, die. He's already dead. Yeah. Right? To, to permanently die or to die again or I don't know what you call it. But we... Uh, it's it's there's also another shot from the preseason trailer that has John kind of cutting down someone maybe a, a white walker maybe a, I'm not a walker maybe a wildling maybe a, a most likely a white but there's a bunch of fire in the distance behind him now it could be Barrack's sword it could be Benjen because Benjen used fire to fight the whites when he was rescuing Bran and uh, Mira be, it could be dragon fire it could be dragon fire <laughs> yeah I mean there's obviously there's a chance so that, that's least likely but yeah they, a dragon could fly up to the north that's obviously you know when when in that trailer shot where Danny is gazing out over the water over the painted table I was wondering if she was thinking about something like that she's thinking like I should be helping him or, or I should be up there but yeah, yeah. I, I agree that's m- maybe not a long shot but I don't call I wouldn't call it likely but it's got to be on the table with all that fire it does seem you know my default is that they're gonna have to be rescued somehow or, or you know I guess my default isn't that they're all going to die, but my, yeah. my defaults are going to be rescued. At least a few of them are going to be rescued somehow. But I, I do still have another thought, the potential that the army just passes by them like they pass by Sam. That, that, that they're almost insignificant. These seven random dudes, we've got thousands and thousands, then just march by. And there might be some incidental combat as they pass by that maybe the whole army will just come and pass and they'll just be left there standing on that ridge with oh, a couple wow. of them dead after the fact. I don't know how likely that is, especially if the if the um, White Walkers are part of this group. It doesn't seem like they will ignore them. Mm. Um, but maybe they will if they think they have bigger fish to fry, if they maybe almost as a way to demean John, just look at him and keep going without caring. Maybe somehow if they've got Bran 
captive. I don't, know, I don't know how that would affect how things go or change the course of things. Maybe that's how. Maybe Bran saves him by huh. working into something and diverting them away from John and crowd. And hmm. Bran sacrifices himself. It's a vengeance horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, she has an image from, from, from Eastwatch. This is a shot of men with torches ducking under the gate. They're running out into yeah. the north in a hurry. Now, the, to me, the obvious interpretation is that they see their companions returning and they're rushing, being chased, yeah. you know, in yeah. danger, and they're coming to help them. Or I wonder if maybe if they can see you far enough out, they yeah. see them, like, surrounded on that, that, that little ledge or whatever. Mm. If, if someone can see that happening... I don't think they could, because remember how much walking they do before they get to that point? Well, how much running do they do on the way back? They do a lot, no but, but you got to think yeah. that if they would, if, if the wall was that close, they wouldn't stop on that ledge. They would just keep running. They would have kept running, but maybe that's, maybe they're being overcome. Also, you, you can know? see, in the, one of the other shots, you can see beyond that wall. You can see as they're running towards that platform, the wall is... And beyond you cannot that, the wall is the wall. not like right yeah, there. It's not there, yeah. and the wall is yeah. so huge, you would think yeah. that if it was close... Because that was part of my thought, is I think the wall, in front of the wall, you should be able to see... Miles out? Yeah, I, I mean, you, much you, detail. And so they might not be able to run one, miles yeah. back and outrun the walkers. From, for even two miles, they might not be able to outrun them. That's even true. though it's, quote, unquote, that close. You know? And, of course, as we know, there's a lot of them running in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that might also explain the fire. The, those men running out from Eastwatch they with torches. torches. Yeah. They may somehow use fire to create a barricade to make way for a rescue or something. Something like that, yeah. I, I totally agree that you can see pretty far from the wall. Maybe not that far. But you can see, remember John and Sam, they see Benjamin's horse returning in season one, you know, and it's pretty mm -hmm. far off. And, you know, with 700 feet up in the air, you should be able to see pretty yeah, far. Yeah. <laughs> Here's another super chat from Dornish Dan. Sorry for my ignorance, but are the ice dragons or white dragons a real thing? If so, what do they breathe? Well, I don't know. It's certainly they're a part of legend. It's mentioned a lot in the books as a feature of legend, and it's a, it's one of the constellations. The ice dragon is a constellation mm. in the sky. Its eye is one particularly bright blue star, and it's kind of like kind of like roughly like the North Star, if I remember correctly. And there are some there are tales from the ancient past of ice spiders and other undead beings that were raised by the White Walkers. So. I, as far as I'm concerned, anything that was living, they can raise. Where's, I don't know if it will be able to breathe fire or breathe ice, but... Where's old Nan when you need her? If we see on screen a dragon breathing like a cone of ice, that's going to be great. Of course, it implies a dragon is dead and res resurrected by the Night King or whatever. Would the Night King then ride this dragon? Is that how he can get over the wall? Oh, like, yeah. he can't bring his army that way, but... He can wreak some havoc. Daniel wreaks some havoc. <sighs> This is getting to be more epic than, than I can stand. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, just... Whew. So they are... I don't I don't know, Dornish Dan, I don't know if we'd call that canon, but they are all over the ancient legends. I mean, it's brought up many times, and whenever something's brought up many times, I, I it, it seems like it's there's a good chance that it's real. It real. is something that I had brought up as a potential before, that it's not like everyone in this undead army, they just died like three days ago and just got resurrected. It's... Anybody in the north, right? and 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 we know that they maybe they're not even as effective. But what we saw fighting uh, Bran and the children, you know, seasons ago, they were more skeletonized, if you will, right? Than the the zombies we see walking in the the more current shots. You know? Yeah, they like they've been so, dead a long time. So yeah. it seems like there's a range of the state of decomposition that the dead could be in when they're brought back, which means they could do it 
for something that's died longer ago, which if there used to be dragons more commonly around the world, then there might be some dead dragons and those maybe could be resurrected. So mm. uh, it seems to me like it's a strong, you know, th- th- there's plenty of evidence and and, and uh, background or whatever to, to set that up. Whether that means it likely, I don't know. I can't decide if that was a likely thing, at least to happen in this episode, I feel like we would know. I feel like they would have they would have put that in a trailer. There would be an image on a poster. Or people would not have been able to contain themselves that watch leaked episodes or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. If there's some kind of ice dragon, I suspect not this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably not this season. But if it's like a, a reveal right at the end of this season, it'll be the the feature artwork for next season. It'll be know? just all yeah. over the yeah. Everybody'll be making ice dragon art, ice dragon memes, just yeah. Yeah, we've had to wait two years for you. We're going to have to wait two years to see more of you or whatever. (laughs) Here's a super chat from Craig Lewis. Good work, guys. I appreciate the work slash art. I had a little drunken rant last night about people using leaks to avoid the hard work you put in. Yeah, well, thanks for that, Craig. Uh, What are we going to do? You know, some people just, uh, they, they... Approach the material a lot differently than we do, and we, you know, it's it's fine. I don't mind people watching leaks. I obviously very much mind them dropping spoilers in our chat and at us and tweeting them at us and sending us messages about it. But I think you know I've heard from other YouTubers and podcasters a lot worse. I think our fans, you guys, have been maybe a cut above the average because I've I've heard a lot of our other like co-creators, like people we're friends with, have been a lot bitterer about getting spoiled. And I think I've mostly been able to avoid it. So I, I think that says a lot about you guys that we have fewer trolls. <laughs> I think there's a I don't mean this to pass any kind of judgment, but there's a, a huge range of people that are interested in Game of Thrones or in media in, in general. There's, you know, and some people are a little bit more like, yeah, who are excited? You know, they want the cool stuff and the, the flashy stuff and the action and the hot chicks or whatever, you know. And there's other people who are a little bit more, I don't know, deliberate or intellectual who are more concerned about the symbolism and the history yeah. and stuff like that. And I think our viewership tends toward that end. Now that said, our viewership is big enough. We'll still have a range too, and so some of our yeah. viewers might be excited. And and whether they're being irresponsible or 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 just you know mean or whatever, they're I can see why someone would want to spoil something. They're excited yeah. to talk about it, or they're just trying to be a jerk or trying to get attention for themselves or whatever. But I do feel like we have less of that than what exists in the world. You know, mm-hmm. I agree with that. And I'm I'm a little surprised and thankful that we have now well over 500 people watching live. That's Sweet. awesome. I was, you know, I wasn't sure that I, th- I thought we'd have less people because of the leaks, but it looks like this is a pretty normal turnout for us. So I'm really happy about that. And we have particular thanks from Hira Gikawai. Uh, probably said that wrong, but the message, the super chat. What's that? Hiragi Kawaii. Hiragi Kawaii. Okay, yes, Hiragi Kawaii. That's you're right. That's almost certainly more more likely to be right than what I said. Anyway, the message is from Canada. Thank you very much. It says thanks, Ashea, for the hard work. Absolutely, everybody, two thumbs up for Ashea. She is blocking, protecting us from leaks while doing this production and keeping everything running smoothly. She is doing a lot all at once. We're super appreciative of that, and I'm glad you guys recognize that, because it's not always obvious. You know, I bet that there's a lot of people, I don't want to call anyone out, but in fact, I almost know there's a few people in the chat 
who have seen the next episode and aren't spoiling it. Yeah, and that's they all They still good. want to join our community and hear what we have to say and everything else. So I, 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 I'm sure we're pretty entertaining, you know, how close or far we are. Yeah, some people are probably laughing right like, now. oh man, they're so wrong yeah. about that. <laughs> or, oh, they actually guessed that right. <laughs> probably a little of both. Maybe more of the former than the latter, but I could hopefully more of the latter. <laughs> Thankfully, the cat who shut the stream off by t- turning uh, turning off the, the power earlier is now cuddled up with Shea rather than running all over the place. He's licking <laughs> fingers. That's a lot better thing for a kitty to do than uh, pressing power buttons. Pressing power buttons, yes. <laughs> we never wanted to push any power buttons, you know. <laughs> None at all. Not the single one. Okay, so let us keep moving. We've got a lot of... I pulled a bunch of questions ahead of time. Now, remember, if you are checking this out afterwards, if you're watching the video, you get the whole thing. But if you're listening to the podcast, a lot of the questions get cut out because we got to keep the episode short, given that the episode airs tomorrow night. And i got to get this thing edited and up so people can listen to it on podcast Saturday night and Sunday morning. So let us do that. But as I said, before we get to any questions, let me first... Talk about our trailer inventory. We've been watching this all season long, and it helps us make non-leaky predictions. And, of course, we got Ari looking under the bed this last episode, and we got Littlefinger peering around the corner. So I'm pretty sure we've gotten every single Winterfell scene in the trailers that we've seen now has happened. So I think pretty sure everything we saw in this trailer was new. There was that one where Ari and Littlefinger duel. They haven't showed us that one. <laughs> Or was that last episode? Did we already see that one? <laughs> that was one of Bran's visions. Yeah. That was one of his wishful visions. We also are... So here's what we're probably getting. There's a lot of remaining ones that we're getting here. Very... Almost all the ones that are left we're getting, which is the companions in a snow circle. Companions running through a gap. John fighting a walker. Barrack lighting his sword on fire. We're probably getting that group surrounded on that short rock face. Short rock face. <laughs> We're probably getting that shot of someone riding off on a horse, which appears to be John. It's probably Benjamin's horse, but maybe not. Um, Did anyone on that short rock face have an Irish wristwatch? <laughs> <laughs> well, if so, they know what time it is. <laughs> and... We also are probably getting John cutting down someone with the flames on the rock shelf behind it. We talked about that. And... What we might, we're probably not getting. This is what's left. We're probably not getting the the person, which we still think is Sandor, but other people have given other theories like Braun, even Dario has been suggested, which I think is a long shot, but hey, it's, it's on the, it's, I can't say no, I can't say it's impossible. Yeah. Getting out of the box, or maybe not even getting out of the box, but standing in front of the box and drawing a sword in, clearly in the south, there's a guy with a Lannister shield there, so it's probably King's Landing, it might be the Dragon Pit, hard to tell. That's still coming. That's probably not this episode. <laughs> so that's probably the finale. And then there's this other puzzling shot of what looks like Theon stumbling into the surf uh, with a r- small boat nearby. Now, I assumed when we saw that preseason that had to do with this battle with Euron. Yeah. Like, recovering from that. But it did not happen. Yeah, yeah. So that's still coming. So that's, you know, we've been widely predicting. Well, pff, not predicting. It's what he says he wants to do. He wants to yeah. go rescue Yara. So it's not really a prediction. The only prediction is whether or not this actually happens. And I guess he's going to need help from Daenerys to do Or whether it happens this season. or yeah. So the only clue we have is that. And it hasn't happened yet. I'm guessing that is also coming for episode 7. So I'm guessing we have two things. We've seen two shots in all the trailers. Only two little tiny bits that come from episode 7. And it's the longest episode of the season. So that's really something. 
But there is a chance there that the one or one or both of those in this is in this episode, but I really doubt that yeah. the box one is in this episode. It's, it, probably jumping ahead because that's probably next episode. But a, a thought that I've had, and this is um, connected to another thought I had. That was mostly I was just having fun, but I, you know, it is a legit possibility. The idea that Sandor or one of the seven dies and comes back as a white. You know that that yeah. would be I could see that happening. And if it was Sandor, that might set up not just Clegane but Zombie Clegane You know. But another thought that started to enter my mind, especially when you think about how Cersei said something along the lines of, you know, we've got to handle this like our father would. She seems to be, like, at least considering this armistice with Danny. Mm-hmm. And it, if she does, it, she might do something underhanded in the midst of that. And I can imagine one of the things she does, if John comes back, so let's say Sandor isn't a zombie, but he it comes back as part of John's party to present a zombie to Cersei. She might have Sandor seized. And he might want to trial by combat, <laughs> and he could fight them out. And I think that's maybe a more realistic way that we get Clegainebol. That makes you know? sense. But I do, I do agree that it does give me hope for Clegainebol, even if it would be a weird both zombies Clegainebol. That's fine. I mean, one of them's already dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> and the other one was left for dead. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We've got a bunch of questions that we'll get to in a minute, but Sean and I are going to do some worry of the week action. More so than normal, we have plenty of reasons to worry. I mean, you got seven dudes going beyond the wall, like the most dangerous place in all of that we're aware of, you know? I've pointed out many times, you know, people that put themselves in harm's way, people running out into battle with swords, they're higher on my list of people than people, you know, traveling to Old Town or yeah. reading books <laughs> or, you know... Uh, sitting on thrones those people are a little less likely to die than a person in battle with a sword so yep and uh this there's a lot of ways to steer our worries right we've talked about this a good bit already right but yes. I, I think all the worries at this point are coming from these seven right the most significant worries are coming from these seven characters going on beyond the wall which is you know it's easy to draw these parallels to the magnificent seven which by the way in that movie four of the seven die and so that's kind of got me thinking about which four will die, you know, not which one yeah, the same, or which yeah, seven, right, six, right. you know, I would think that's what's in my mind. Also, keeping in mind that some of them might die and come back. John and Beric have a precedent set for returning from the dead. So as long as Thoros does die, but maybe that's all the more reason to be worried about Thoros. Maybe he needs to die to eliminate that potential of bringing other people back in the short term, at least. Maybe Melisandre does it later on or something, but... The fact that we see Sandor with Gendry's hammer, or with a hammer that is most likely Gendry's hammer, that puts him at the top of my list. Gendry's at the top of my worry list. And uh, I think that Beric and Thoros are next because I think they, I I have this feel that they're sort of going through the motions of their demise just because it's their destiny in the same way that Jojen did. John is the one that I, I think I'm least worried about, although not not worried about. I just think that if he were to, quote-unquote, die, that he would be brought back. That's, that's what I think about John. Tormund, I feel like, is less likely to die because he's the only named. The only named Wildling, uh, yeah. Wildling. I agree with that thinking, yeah. Um, Meta reason, but still a good one. But I, I, I don't know. I feel 50-50 on Jorah and... Jorah and Gendry, I think, are in that middle zone. Yeah, yeah. well, Gendry's higher to me because I feel like there's evidence that he's not okay. going to make it with the hammer thing. That's good point. Good so, point. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, a, that's a good call. The um, okay, uh, have we talked about? Have you talked about everyone individually? You, you, Beric and Thoros, Beric, probably Thoros. more most likely, right? Then yep. you talked about Tormund, talked about Jorah, talked about Gendry, talked about John. Yeah, and the Sandor. I remember the other thing. I remember the other th- thought that I had. 
so it's some meme online. There's a million of them, and uh, I, I usually appreciate what the usually appreciate them. But this one was like an image of them going out, and it was like D and D character stats. You know what I mean? It was like you know priest, you know level seventy, you know protection from fire, and, and you know barbarian, you know Tormon was like barbarian plus two with an axe. You know there's these different D and D stats, and all the characters <laughs> were understandably. Level 70. Yeah. Except for Gendry was level 2. You know, level 2 <laughs> fighter. You know, that, you know like... Yeah, Plenty of bravery, not a lot one, of experience. One more reason to be worried about Gendry is just relative to these other men. He, he has fought the so, least. so, so much less experience. Jorah's like, a proven badass. Sandor's a yeah. proven badass. Beric is pretty proven. So is Thoros. These guys have fought a lot. You're right. Out of the group, he is way the least fighting experience. Way the yeah. least. So that's a good point. It almost makes sense to pick him... As a worry, just on that, a lot of people are like, "Oh, they just brought him back. Why wouldn't they?" It's like, I don't think that's much of a reason to be they, honest. The OSHA, they brought her back and killed her right away. Just Rickon brought her back, and killed him right away. I mean, the know? Red Viper wasn't killed right away, but he was introduced yeah. and killed in a pretty short time. Yeah, and he know? was a, a central character. Like all kinds of speaking line tied closely to the data, and he got killed. Yeah, sadly, um, I don't think that helps him. The, the whole, they just brought him back. I don't think that means anything. I wish it did, but I, I don't. <laughs> I want Gendry to live. I want Gendry to be John's buddy. How long was Lysagon? Comes back, gets killed. Sure. Yeah, so. yeah, just, yeah, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm, I'm worried about that, too. Here's a super chat from Nancy Groth. Thanks again, Nancy. Would the presentation of a white Sandor be more persuasive to Cersei and Kyburn since they already know and recognize him from before? Hashtag zombie clickable. Yeah, I, I mean, do they even need persuading? Like they are because they already have the mountain. I mean, this wouldn't necessarily persuade them. There's a whole army, and I think they're looking at this as an opportunity. This armistice as an opportunity to make moves rather than, uh, than well, the right thing to do because the army, this army of the dead, is going to invade everyone. Because I think this is how Cersei is looking at it. Cersei is like, I don't care about the army of the dead, not because she doesn't think they're a threat, but because. If she loses Daenerys, she's going to die. If she loses to the Night King, she's going to die. Either way, she's like, it doesn't matter who kills us. We're either winning or we're losing, and there is no middle ground. So we're either going to deal with this or we're not. And she, I don't think she thinks of the Night King and the Army of the Dead as somehow, somehow a greater threat than Daenerys. So she's, she's balancing both of them equally, where someone like Daenerys cares about the realm, cares about the people living in it. She has to put the Night King as a higher priority because she cares about the human beings living in the realm, whereas... Cersei does not. All right, so here's a series of thoughts, if I can get them all together. Cool. Is it, I, I pretty much agree with everything you say, but Cersei might still realize that in order to survive one threat, she might have to compromise with another one. Perhaps, yes. So she, she now she, I don't well, think she's... Just, just to jump in real quick, but I don't know that one white will really move the needle. Well, I think it might move the needle. That's the other thing I was going to say. Persuading her is different than being more persuasive. Okay. That makes Maybe sense. this starts to persuade. Right. And okay. I do think it would be more persuasive. It's just the, like we considered the it's idea the appetizer. Of, <laughs> right. Just like we just like we considered the idea of of uh Jorodine having more impact on Danny. The impact of a character that Cersei knows being a white is more impactful than a random white. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, yeah. So Okay. Okay, so if I'm so you said the Magnificent Seven, four of them die or four of them survive? Four of them die. Four of them die. Okay. Well, I'm not sure. Obviously, I, there's no reason to exactly pick it like that. But let's say if it's three, I'll pick. If three people die, I'm going to say, Jor, not Jorah, Thoros, Beric, Gendry. If four people die, I say the fourth one is Jorah. 
And so I think my most likely to survive, Jon Snow. Second most likely to survive, although maybe he dies and comes back, Sandor. So what I mean by die is, has their story continued? Right? So whether they are resurrected or not, Sandor is the next most likely to make it out of the North as a as a yeah. functioning being that still has his own willpower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so yeah, so I'd say that's how I rank them. John first, Sandor second, Tormund third, Jorah fourth, Gendry fifth, Beric, no, Thoros, then Beric. I think Beric is the most likely to die, followed by Thoros. So that's that's my reverse order. And out of that, you know, beyond that, someone, you know, I guess I guess Bran's now a worry now that after that suggestion. Yeah, yeah. That's a good suggestion. I did not that did not occur to me. Hopefully that wasn't a suggestion based on leaks, but hey, it's a good it's it doesn't have to be. Obviously, that's a very good idea. I think that's a reasonable guess. It doesn't, you know. We're always worried that someone's doing that, but I don't think a super chatter would do that to us. So <laughs> spend yeah. money to spoil us. Like, come on. <laughs> I will point out there is a reason. I'm, I'm not like adamantly arguing for this, but I think there are a couple reasons to suspect that it might be for that they might mirror the Magnificent Seven. And uh, the first reason is that it is a pretty big part of our culture and has been for generations. That that movie was even based on the Seven Samurai before, and Akira Kurosawa and with his other movies inspired a large percent of the early westerns. Pretty much all the Clint Eastwood spaghetti westerns were all oh, okay. inspired by Akira Kurosawa. We're getting a little uh, movie history lesson here for sure. Yeah, and and I can imagine. Writers and filmmakers, even if they don't realize it, are, are coming out of that piece of culture that's part of our collective conscious. You know what I mean? And now for them to specifically decide to make it four out of seven, I think they would have had to watch that movie and decide that. But I can't help but wonder if somewhere between George and D&D, they chose to have seven characters here, not five, not nine, you know? And, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and now add all that, that, this is what really makes me believe it more specifically, is that at the end of... The Magnificent Seven, Yul Brynner's character, I think his name is Chris, makes a speech that's very, very similar to the voiceover we get from Beric ah. in the trailer. Beric says something along the lines of... Death we fight against uh, every we, day. The, the, we can't beat the enemy. We lose to him every time, but we have to fight anyway. And Yul Brynner's character says something along the lines of, we lost. Like, we, you know, the, the, the farmers won. You know, we're trying to protect this village, and so they won, but we lost. We always lose. And the idea of, you know, Yul Brynner saying we always lose and Beric saying that death always wins, they're, they're close enough parallels when we already have the Magnificent Seven parallel. I, I don't, I, maybe it is, but I, I just don't think. I think that there's more design and thought put into these things for that to just be a pure coincidence. Okay. Um, looks like I got one more question. I think this is a great question to end with. This question comes from Danielle Bacuyo. Sorry if I said that wrong. Has anyone proposed the idea that the original White Walker created by the children was a Stark? It makes sense given their close proximity and explains the connection between the Night King and Bran slash John. By anyone? Yes. <laughs> many. Someone, a very important person has proposed the idea that the white, original White Walkers were created by the children. And that is Old Nan. <laughs> well, not, not that they were created by the children, but they was a Stark. Right. No, no, yeah. I'm saying Old Nan flat out says in the book... Some people think the original Night King, that, that the that the Night King was a Bolton or a Woodford. I'm like, but no, he was a Stark. Oh, old man. She flat out that. says oh, it. So oh, old oh. man has proposed the idea. <laughs> so <laughs> that is something we should take very seriously. Old man stories are probably have a lot of exaggeration in them. They've been, you know, it's it's like the game of telephone over the years. These tales grow in the telling, but 
that's not something that gets exaggerated. That's either true or it isn't. If the original Night King was a Stark, that's not something that you can exaggerate. You know, it's either true or it isn't. I mean, it, the, the, the story can become untrue over time. Like, the, the legend can become false. But that's not something that grows, yeah. right? That's either a fact or it isn't. And I, so I, I think it's, it's long been suspected. I absolutely agree. It makes sense. Especially if, and, and this is why people, a lot of things, people in the book think that there is no boss other called the Night King, that John is Night King. And that's because he was a Lord Commander of the Night's Watch that became a king. So let me ask this. And I, I you know, a lot of times when you ask the question, have you ever, blah, 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 well, ever? Probably once, but has anyone ever, has ever before there been Stark and Targaryen blood mixed? Stark and Targaryen blood? Well, this is what John would be. Yeah, no, it, it's, it hasn't been. The Starks have never married into the Targaryen line. There was supposed to be a marriage between Stark and Targaryen during the Dance of the Dragons to get the Starks to be on the Targaryen side. There was a civil war to get on one side. There were two Targaryen sides. To get on one side of the Targaryens, which was the uh, the Blacks. There was the Blacks and the Greens. The Blacks, um, the crown prince of the Blacks flew up to the north and was like, hey, join us, you know, and they're like, well, marry us and we'll join you. And he's like... We don't have anyone. We don't have a princess for you, but we will give you one later. You know, we promise you a Targaryen bride later. And there was this story of him leaving an egg behind, or his dragon laid an egg up there, blah, blah, blah. And it's never been fully explained. But that marriage never happened, because their, that side lost, and they didn't have, they, they were all killed off. There was no princess for them to give. So that marriage never happened. It was called the Pact of Ice and Fire. It had this really tight name. Hmm. The Pact... Of Ice and Fire makes people think of the pact between the children and the first men, which may have been referenced in the cave there with John and uh, Danny, and may have referred to the children and the, and the first men not only agreeing to stop fighting each other, but agreeing to fight their common enemy. Yeah, I realize a lot of my thoughts and speculations steer toward this showdown between the Night King and Danny, the representatives of Ice and Fire, and that John is both. And that's why I'm so, my mind is so settling on this idea of John mediating between the two, that the Night King will speak and he mm -hmm. will say, no dragons in Westeros. John will have to tell Danny, you can't be here, you know. <laughs> that would be something. Wow. Okay, well, I think that's going to do it for today. We went a little longer than usual, but we also had a late start thanks to our cat turning off the stream. Anyone tuning in late missed that <laughs> bit of uh, craziness, but you never know what a cat's going to do to your live stream. Apparently, we've learned a new thing that a cat can do <laughs> to our live stream. And, uh, well, that's life. It's, it's on the <laughs> less cute end of things that they can do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's more of a bad Lannister lion than a cute little <laughs> cat this time. But we still love him. He's not going to get punished for that. He's innocent. <laughs> anyway, thanks again to Ashea. For running production for us. Oh, and here he is. How, who can who can hate this little guy? Look at this. Look at this thing. This is the cat who turned the stream off, sitting in his little box. You you all forgive him, don't you? Look at this little guy. Look at that. Look at this. This is amazing. Okay, folks. So that's all we have for today. Thanks again, everybody, for showing up. Thanks, everybody, for again. Really appreciate y'all braving the leaks. I know that just being here today, you risked hearing things that you didn't want to hear. We really appreciate supporting Westeros history in light of all that. And thanks to Sean, of course, for his beardly wisdom and excellent commentary. And we will see you guys on Monday. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> Cat bot unboxing live stream. Someone said. <laughs> Top comment. That's awesome. <laughs> 
Okay, guys, yeah, we'll see you Monday. Enjoy the episode. Hopefully it's as epic as it's being built up to be, and hopefully you can all survive another 28 or so hours without being leaked on. I love to say it that way. Don't get leaked on. <laughs> Stay dry. <laughs> Stay thirsty, my friends. Valar Unleakus. Valar Goodluckus. And we'll see you Monday.